your love never fails just a couple more times your love never fails and never gives up it never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up it never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up it never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up it never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up it never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up it never runs out on me receive your love God God just we just receive your love we praise you God we worship you your love is always constant it always remains when people fail us God when disappointments come is always there. When we act unbecoming, when we make mistakes, God, your love is always there. It's the one thing in life that we can count on. God, we thank you for your love. He is jealous for me. Love's like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. And all of a sudden, I am unaware of his afflictions eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me.
to redemption by the grace in his eyes. Grace is an ocean where all sinking. Heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss, and my heart turns violently inside of my chest. I don't have time to make
you can, just close your eyes just a moment. If you could just picture the Father's arms reaching out towards you. What is it that you'd hear from Him this morning? I believe He would tell you that you're amazing. I believe He would tell you that you are magnificent. I believe He would tell you that He knew you even before your mother's womb. I believe He would tell you that you are awesome. I believe He would tell you that you're His child, you're His son, you're His daughter. I believe He would tell you that I can give you wisdom, I can give you revelation, I can explain things to you. I can comfort you in your time of need. I believe He would tell you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I believe He would tell you that you're made from His DNA. I believe He would tell you that you're His, that you belong to Him. I believe He would tell you that I will wipe away your tears. I will give you strength in your times of weakness. I will be there when you go through some difficult times in your life. I love you. I love you. I love you. Can you see him just pulling you close this morning? Can you see him saying it's not about what you do or you don't do? It's about what Jesus has done for us. So, Father, today I, I bless your people here today. I, I ask you to strengthen them. Give them mountaintop experiences. And I know you'll be with us through the valleys, through the difficult times in our life. You'll help us to give us wisdom and revelation to understand more about Jesus Christ and what you've done on the cross and your blood, your sacrifice. But most of all, that you have risen, that you're seated at the right hand of the Father and we're seated with you in heavenly places. So, Father, I ask you just to release peace, a shalom upon your kids here today. I ask you to release wisdom upon your children here today. I ask you to release strength. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy upon our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Can we give the Lord some praise? Because He is worthy. He is worthy. It's about Jesus. It's about Him. It's not about us. It's all about Him. And a lot of times we get so focused on what we're doing and what our lives are about. And we just got to refocus that to be on Him. So we're going to dismiss the kids today, first through fourth grade. You guys are going with Miss Jessica. And uh, we're just going to dismiss the children today. If you guys will, get out of your seats and welcome somebody this morning. If you're visiting, we welcome you to Living Word Fellowship Church. God bless you.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. Well, we are glad you all are here this morning. Pat yourself on the back and say, I'm glad I'm here too. Yes, Carolyn. We welcome Carolyn's here. She's got a new baby. Well, the that's, that's Brooklyn, but she's back there. Little, little uh, Abigail is her name. Okay, just a few quick announcements. Um, Tommy, Tommy Millison will be uh, starting, is it radiation or chemo? Radiation. Tomorrow, five days long, two times a day. They're going to the city and back every day. So because they've got chickens and animals to take care of and everything, so they can't just stay at the city. So two treatments a day starting tomorrow, Monday through Friday. So please keep Tommy uh, in your prayers. Uh, the cancer is uh, in his jawbone. So they're having to double up on the treatment and everything. So anyway, God is good all the time. Update on Linda Meliza, those of you that... Uh, got the Facebook yesterday and found out that she was metaflighted to Enid uh, yesterday. But she called me this morning. She said if I could see her, she had a big smile on her face. Everything, she was stable all last night. And they're going to keep her tonight. And she'll see her heart doctor tomorrow. And there's still the, the heart cath. There's still in questions. She thinks that the doctor might go ahead and do a heart cath just to see what's going on, but her, her blood pressure was very high yesterday. Um, but God, amen? And so I know, you know how many times we've seen him move from that hel helicopter ride to the hospital? Multiple, multiple times. So thank you. Thank you all for praying for Linda, and thank you for continuing to pray for Linda. And we'll know more uh, tomorrow but she's believing for just a medication change. Okay, that's what she's believing, God, so we can be in uh, agreement. Thank you. Yes. Okay, Riverside. Riverside is Saturday. Okay, so all of your gifts need to be here tomorrow. Everyone say, tomorrow. That. That doesn't mean tomorrow and you want us to shop for your person, your girl. If, uh, if you've waited this long and you're just now turning any money, then you need to go buy a gift card and wrap that gift card and uh, go ahead and turn it in because shopping the last week is not, it was like last, last Sunday. We needed your cash if we were going to shop. So it's just, it just goes fast, doesn't it? So do do a Walmart card or something like that. Uh, I, don't, don't do cash. I'd, I'd rather you not do cash, don't you think, in an envelope. And, and if you're doing a gift card, wrap it in a box so that it can't be easily lost, you know, with just a card. So go ahead and wrap up the, pre the gift card if you're doing a gift card. Um, I said some of mine put down they wanted an iPad and everything, and I thought, I'm not so sure they're saying... This is, uh, pick out items that you wish for that could be around $50. <laughs> I thought, yeah, how many of you like an iPad? 
<laughs> so at least they can put the $50 towards them saving up for their iPad, right? Okay, so every, everyone, any questions on Riverside? So tomorrow, either have your money, your gift cards wrapped, or and make sure you bring your little piece of paper that shows what girl you have that will help kind of put that, attach that to your gift so that Michelle can get to work on that. Um, if you're going to Riverside, what time are you guys leaving, Jason? Okay, see Jason and Jessica. They will give you time and um, where probably meet here, what time you'll meet here. And it's about three hours, isn't it? Three hours to Anadarko, so. All right, so Riverside now, ladies' banquet. Wow. It's Sunday, next Sunday, a week from today, is our women's banquet. So please get your, uh, you, I really, I mean, it'd be great to turn them in today. So you can go ahead and fill your registrations out and put them in. Make sure that if you, if you're paying at least, if you're paying by check, put down that it's for the banquet or fold it up with your registration form here so that we can keep your money with your registration form and know that you've paid along with your registration. Also, uh, if you have anybody like tomorrow or Tuesday that want to register online, if you have some friends that you're inviting, I know we've got some um, out of town, then you can go ahead and register online and you can pay online. You just click Ladies Banquet whenever you go and choose. It's real easy to do. You can do it with your, your just check, check card or a credit card, either one. So we've tried to make it as easy as possible. We'll be picking up Pastor Charlotte and Pastor Tom on Thursday evening. So uh, it's like it is upon us. So we're excited about this, and and it's going to be a great time. We enjoy our banquet every year, don't we, ladies? And guys, uh, those of you that can help and serve and clean up and help Pastor Jerry cook, uh, then see Pastor Jerry for the cooking part of it and see Richard for the serving part of it. And he'll let you know what time. I know I've told the ladies around 5.30, but you can go ahead and start coming, you know, as early as 5 o'clock or 4.45 to be able to start taking pictures. Sometimes we end up with a long line um, for pictures. So anyway, it's going to be fun. You won't want to miss it. Um, I think that's it. Just take a look at your uh, bulletin there for the Bible study, our oath, our celebrate recovery, our healing rooms. I'm not for sure why our healing rooms aren't on there, but Mondays are quite packed. So we've got the Bible study, healing rooms, and then the first Monday of the month we've got oath, and Tuesdays a celebrate recovery, and Wednesdays is OAPN. So we stay busy around here, don't we? All right, are you ready to give to the Lord? Last week I told you that tithing is a physical act that brings a spiritual release. And with tithing, tithing is, is something that was done with Abraham even before the law. So this was before the law, and we've talked about this. But what happens is it's already God's. The tithe is already, already his. Everyone say, the tithe is his. 
he lets you live off of 90% of what he blesses you with. Everyone say, what a deal. I don't think the government lets us do that. <laughs> but God does. <laughs> so this morning, it's a physical act of a spiritual release in your life. Now, the scripture in Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it shall be given to you. Press down, shake and gather, running up over, and God will cause men to give into your bosom. Well, if the tithe is already his, when he's telling us to give, do you think that part of giving is the tithe? I was just standing here through worship, and I believe God just dropped that in my spirit to say, if the tithes are, it's not something we're given to God. We're paying our tithes because it's something that's already his. We're saying, God, I say you are the Lord of my life with your tithe. But giving above the tithe opens up the heavens over your life. So you cannot, and I know we've said this before, but you can't give an offering unless you're giving the tithe, unless you're paying the tithe. Does that make any sense? So this is just, this is just teaching to know that, you know what, this is something that Eric and I have done. I know my mom and dad have done it since they, well, all their life. You've been, you've been believers all your, most all of you, since you've been married, probably. And you know what? Blessings have followed them. And, and they're givers above the tithe. So I believe that we can declare over our lives today that as we tithe and as we give offerings, that it brings a spiritual release in our lives. Amen? You ready to believe God for that? So let's just stand up. And let's pray over our tithes and our offerings this morning. Father God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you, Father, that we don't give and pay our tithes, God, because you demand it. But God, we do this out of saying you are Lord of our lives. And we declare your lordship in our lives. And Father, I thank you, God, that, that you created it this way. That you created us to worship you. And part of worshiping you involves our giving. And Lord, we thank you, God, that, that you are a gracious, merciful, loving Father. And I thank you, Father, that it's not about you needing it. It's about how you've established things. And Father, we honor you today. We honor you with our lives. We honor you with our giving. We honor you with everything you've called, planned, and purposed for us to be. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.
pizza, you smoothie, me ice cold pizza, cafe ole latte da. You do the zumba, but I do not. Give me like half a marathon. I'll give you the gospel of Saint John. It's been like a wake up bomb, 'cause we both know that it's mercy flows in the morning. Come on, put your hands together. Tell somebody it's a good morning. Tell them it's a good morning. Yeah, it is a good morning. God is a good God. You know the thing, you know the thing that we're getting? Is that more people are beginning to catch it. Because this isn't just taught, it's caught. Because I've been taught certain things all of my life. And there's been times where when you're taught something, it comes out of you view it or experience it or don't experience it by what you've experienced or haven't experienced in your life. Does that make sense? So when we begin to look at some things in the Word of God, I want to take away all of my experience because God wants us to experience His Word. He sent His Word. And He said, I sent it to perform it. We want to experience those things. So one of the things that, that I, want to, I want to talk a little bit about this morning real quickly is I want to talk about success. Can you say success? I want to talk a little bit about success because um, there's two different systems. There's the world system and then there's God's system. And God wants us to be a ruler in life. Did you know that? He wants us to rule and reign. He wants us to be a ruler. Turn to your neighbor and say, he wants you to rule. I mean, we, we need to rule over sickness. We need to rule over debt. We need to rule over poverty. We need to rule over those things that come against us. And the great thing that I have learned, and it's not where you come from. Hello? You can, it doesn't matter what side of the track you live on. Come on, somebody. That he wants us to rule in life. If you're a Christian businessman, he, he, he wants you to build a business. He wants you to rule. He wants you to take dominion in the areas in which you're involved in. If you're a homemaker or a mother or maybe you're a stay-at-home dad or whatever it might be, God wants you to raise godly children, come on, and to be able to parent them and lead them and give them morals and values and make a difference in their life. If you're a student... No matter how young or old you may be, God wants you to be able to rule over those things. Are you with me? Be able to get the wisdom, the knowledge, the information that he's trying to get. He wants you to excel in your studies. He wants you to do good. He wants you to be able to do really good in whatever you do. Whatever you put your hand to, the Bible talks about, shall prosper it. Some people might be looking for a job. I, I believe that God just doesn't want to give you a job he wants you put you in a position and an area of influence. Hello? Because I remember when I started out bagging groceries, and I spent 18 years in the grocery business, and I started out bagging groceries. So I've met with people one time. There was a, this was many years ago, and the guy said, the only job left out there is a, a bagger. And he told the wrong person that. And I said, what's wrong with being a bagger? Well, that's all I got to do is put groceries in a bag. And I'm thinking, uh-uh, <laughs> that's where I started, baby. That's my foundation. So that isn't going to fly with me because you can, wherever you start at, he wants to bring you to a place of influence. 
He wants you to bring you a place where you can be an asset to any organization and they'll begin to come to you. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on. Don't you want them to be able to say, well, wait a minute, Josh, I'm not sure how to figure this out. How can we cut this? And Josh is a carpenter. And how can we cut this and make this right and, and fill the gap and all this other stuff? And they'll be able to come to you because you'll be an asset. And when you're an asset, then raises, bonuses, and come on, things like that will begin to happen. And God wants to release those things in your life so you can make a difference where you're at because you're a child of the Most High God. Can I get an amen? Okay, so last week, I want to just review just a little bit last week. You see our two pillars, right? We've got our two pillars up here. And last week, if I was to set something on the top of those two pillars, we would view those two pillars as the pillars of the world. And in the pillars of the world, the world's system of success, it is about achieving, say achieving. It's about achieving. I got to do this. 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 I got to achieve this. I got to get this. I got to do that. I got to get this brass ring. I got to do it. And then once you get to the next level in the ladder of success, guess what? There's always another level to go up. So a lot of times the world system is if you don't achieve it, then you're less than. If you don't achieve it, so the world system is based on achieving. And there's two pillars within the world system. The world system, if you're going to achieve something, then, then you're going to be able to, it's going to rest on a pillar of self-effort. Self-effort. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it myself. I don't need anybody or anything. You ever heard that? I don't need anybody. Our two-year-old granddaughter, she was just like, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And there's times where she's learning, and it's really cool to watch her learn. But the world system is self-effort. The other, the other pillar that would, would hold up the world system of success would be diligence. Got to be diligent, 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 got to be diligent. Hey, answer that phone. So if we look at the world system of success, it's based on self-effort and it's based on diligence. So those, are the, those would be the, the pillars that they would sit on. And in the world system, it's more focused on achieving and doing instead of being. The world system is focused on achieving and doing and relying on your own efforts. When I moved from North Carolina to Oklahoma, I realized there is an independent spirit here in Oklahoma. And it's because if you go back history-wise, you can go back and you can see whether it's Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, um, Kansas. When people survived out here, they, they really became, it was about their self-effort. I was able to do it because I could do it. I was able to weather the dust bowl or I was able to make a crop when there seemed to be no crops. But the world's effort of success says do more. Say do more. Right? You got to do more. If you've only done this, then do more. And if you've only done this, then you got to do more. You got to do more. You got to do more, do more, do more, do more, do more. And as a believer, as a follower of Christ, if I get into doing, I forget about being. Then it becomes more about works. Do you hear me? Than it is about what Jesus has done for us on the cross. 
I get into a works mentality and I try to work and work and work and work. Because my wife will tell you, I am not one telling you not to work because I can be a workaholic. And there's times where she's just got to rein me in. Whoa, baby. Because I could work. I could work. I could work from sunup to sundown. I could work afterwards. I could get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and do work. There's some of you that have received emails. If you check the times on them, you're like, oh, my God, she's up at 3 o'clock in the morning. What's he doing up at 3 o'clock in the morning emailing me here? Because I can, I can do that. I don't like that part of, of me. But I've got to submit that to God. So if we're looking at the world's system of self-effort, if we're looking at the world's system of diligence the world system will tell you to forget about church no reason to attend church in fact you want to be a success why don't you begin to work on weekends why don't you work instead of 10 or 12 hours a day why don't you do 14 16 because you've got to be a success so forget about weekends forget about spending time with your wife or forget about spending time with your husband forget about spending time with your kids come on somebody that's the world system all right God doesn't want us to operate by the world system. When a lot of times we begin to mix it, he has a system that he wants us to operate on. The world system will tell you to go into the office earlier. The world system will say, stay later. And I'm not advocating that there are times you have to stay later and there's times where you've got to go in earlier. There's times of those things. I'm not advocating a lazy lifestyle. I'm not advocating an unproductive lifestyle. The Bible is very clear about that. Put your hand to something and he will prosper it. So there is work. And did you know the Hebrew word, one of the Hebrew words for work is worship. So you mean, now this, us workaholics, we're like, well, I'm just worshiping the Lord then. <laughs> I got 16 more hours. I got two more hours to get her done. It's just, I'm just going to count it as worship. Well, he says I could... I could have all of these things and lose my family or my wife, are you with me, or relationships. Then what am I accomplishing? What am I getting? So I could be pushed so much to where I'm achieving, I'm working. So the world system says you don't need to go to church. In fact, don't go to church. You, got, you can do other things instead of going to church. Of course, I'm talking to you guys and you guys are here. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're awesome. You are amazing. So the world system tells us to spend more time at the office. The world system tells us to go into work a little earlier. The world system tells us to stay a little bit later. Why don't we work on weekends and holidays? The world system is like, you've got to be productive. You've got to get these things done. So the world system is based on achievement. Say achievement. Now I want to I shift because as we begin to shift some things into the world, from the world system into God's system. I got my two pillars. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ is the foundation? Okay. And it's the word. The word says that Jesus is the foundation. So Jesus is the foundation. So we're just going to picture Jesus as the foundation. Right? And then we've got our two pillars. And back here I got something hidden. That's being revealed. So if we want to be able to receive something, we want to be able to have what? God's success. How many of you know when you have success God's ways, you don't have to worry about it being taken or stolen from you? 
See, when I get it and God's given it to me, I don't have to worry about her taking it from me. Hello? Because God gave it to me. Are you with me? He says he'll close doors that no man will open. He'll open doors that no man will close. I mean, there's going to be doors, Bryce, that you're going to walk through that you're going to like, I've been trying to get that door open for a long time. And now all of a sudden the door's going to open and you're going to walk through it and go, wow, you know why? Because God opened it. And when he opened it, you can try to close it, but it's still going to be open. Come on, somebody. So we want to be able to have God's success. How many wants God's success? I do too. I do too. I just want to review real quick Romans 5.17. Don't turn there. In fact, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 1. Let's turn to John chapter 1 in our Bibles. I'm just going to cover a little bit of Scripture. Romans 5.17 says, For by one man's offense death reigned through that one, that being Adam, much more those who what? Receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will what? Reign in life. Do you see what the Scripture says? If you will receive, say receive, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you will do what? It, the Bible never says if you achieve, you will receive. Are you with me? It doesn't say that you, if you achieve abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, you will reign in life. So a lot of us try to achieve, 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 achieve. We try to achieve our salvation. We try to achieve our salvation. My salvation is a gift from Jesus and from Jesus alone. In the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, under the Ten Commandments, you, you only were righteous if you lived out those Ten Commandments. And I got news for you, they broke them all. Because the Bible tells us in the New Testament, if you've broken one, you've broken all of them. So you guys read the word. So he says, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will what? Will what? How many want to reign in life? So is it through achieving or receiving? Oh, come on. Now you, I believe some of you are starting to get it. Hebrews 10. I'm going to have him put up Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 and 14. Hebrews 10, 10, 12 says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, he's talking about Christ, forever did what? Sat down at the right hand of God. Is this cool? So that's why we've got our throne up here, because Jesus, from the cross to the throne, that's our lifestyle. This is our life. Y'all getting this? When I, oh, I love this part. See, I got to keep it simple. So before Christ, I'm over here. I'm a sinner. When I come to God's grace and His mercy through Jesus Christ, and I give Jesus my life, then now all of a sudden, I'm no longer a sinner. I'm a son that sins. Because I'm saved by His grace because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now my life consists of here to there. And all of us are somewhere in this place. When you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're on this side of the cross. Are you with me? This side of the cross is death. This side of the cross is... This side of the cross is... This side of the cross is... So over here, I'm dead in my sins and my trespasses. But because of Jesus Christ, who made me what? Righteousness. Now, all of a sudden, I'm alive. Can I get an Amen. See, a lot of us live, we think we're, we think we're alive, but we live by, like dead men. You're alive, man. I mean, it's a good morning. It's a good morning. 
I got some good news for you today. It's a good morning, and God loves us, and he cares for us, and my righteousness is only achieved by the blood of Jesus Christ, not by how much money I give, <gasps> not by all my good deeds, <gasps> not by all because I work 24 hours, seven days a week, and then my body gives out in about three months. Are you with me? Not because of those things. By the way, Families Helping Families, we gave away 203 complete Thanksgiving meals on Monday night. Can we give the Lord some praise for that? Complete Thanksgiving meals, we were able to give them away. And that's exciting to me. So we could give away every, we could give a turkey to everyone in the city, and it will make me no more righteous than when I first came to Jesus Christ. So I don't, I don't want to get into that, but I want to talk a little bit about this. He sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down at the right hand of God. Now we understand that when we know that this biblically, when Jesus sat down, you rest when you're sitting down. How many of y'all rest standing up? What are you going to do, honey? I'm going to go take a break. What are you going to do? I'm going to stand up. When you look at it and you see that Jesus sat down because he now is in a position of what? Resting. Resting. And verse 14 says, For by the one offering, that was Christ, he what? Perfected. Oh, but if you mess up, then you're no longer perfected. The question is, is do you believe the Bible? I believe the Bible. And if he says I'm perfected forever, those who are what? Being sanctified, then my daddy's got me. Come on, somebody. Then it's not about what I've done, Martin. Unless my actions are receiving Christ, that's the only works that I get to be, you know what, I get a jewel for. Are you with me? Because I've got to come to a place where I receive Christ. Then it's all based off of Him and not me. So I could preach a hundred sermons and I could lead everybody to the Lord, but it's the Holy Spirit that's going to draw you to the Lord to start with. I've got this person that I've been ministering to. And he said, I'm not saved. And I said, okay. And he began to start talking about fear-based. He said, I was told that I probably ought to be saved just because I don't want to go to hell. I said, that's a good reason. Good reason. He said, but if it's only that way, then I'm going to be scared. And so I'm receiving this Christ out of fear. I love his high-level thinking. Guess what? He is going to come to the Lord. Amen? But he's going to come when he understands how good God is. And he's going to come and it not just be about getting fire insurance. He's going to come because he knows that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is already wooing him. He's beginning to ask questions. What is more? If, what is this about, this life of following Christ? What's it about? Is it just about going to heaven when, when i got to live on earth. Come on, somebody. Because he may be on this side of the cross, but when he comes here, he's going to have to walk out those things within this life itself until we go to be with Jesus, he comes back. Come on, somebody. So it's going to be one of those things to understand. This is where we need wisdom. I need success, not when I'm in heaven. I'm going to get me some success in heaven, amen, when I get there. I need some success now. So he goes on and he says, the one offering has perfected forever. See, a lot of people just don't believe they're perfected forever. Because today I did this and tomorrow I sped. And I got a speeding ticket. I'm no longer perfected. 
if it was that, then your perfection is coming by what you do or don't do. And my perfection only comes by the blood of Jesus Christ. My perfection only comes by Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who shed his blood on the cross. So, now I am a son that what? I broke the law, so I guess I transgressed the law, but he's forgiven me from all of my transgressions. Doesn't allow me to just go speed everywhere I want to go. Sometimes I have a heavy foot. But I'm forgiven still. Can I get an amen? Let's praise the Lord for his forgiveness in our lives. Hallelujah. I mean, I, think about that. Listen, the officer may not forgive you and write you a ticket. But God has forgiven you. And he will forgive you. And he does forgive you. And it's only because of Jesus. It's not by what you do. So one sacrifice forever. When you receive Jesus Christ into your life, you were perfected forever. And some churches don't want to tell you that. Because they think it gives you a license to go sin. And you don't have a license to sin. In fact, Jesus has covered my sin. Past, present, and future sins. So when I look at the magnitude of how much he loves me, do you think I want to sin? I don't want to. And I don't believe any of you guys want to either. So when you begin to start looking at the cross and you begin to look at that, I want to have success as God's, God's way. And I begin to start thinking about I am perfected forever through the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul said this. Paul said, I don't want to know anybody through the flesh. I just want to know you through the Spirit. In other words, I want to see you the way God sees you. Am I in the right, like Jim Holman said, am I in the right church? Uh? Come on, am I in the right church? Uh? I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to see her. And I don't want her seeing me the mess. I want her to see me as a child of God. I want her to see me as awesome. I want her to see me as fantastic. I want her to, are you with me? Come on, somebody. But see, this is what the world needs. They need to know that you're not looking at when you mess up and God's not up there going to slap you down because you have just messed up. If it did, then it would erase the cross. It would erase what Jesus has done and we'd be back into law. And we're not in law. We're in grace. And it's because of Jesus Christ who shed his blood for my sin, past, present, and future, that I now can stand up before you and I can be perfected forever and I can preach the word of the living God. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, that ought to get somebody fired up. Listen, listen. One sacrifice forever. It's a done deal. I think on the cross, didn't he say, um, it's sort of, kind of finished. Um, I think it's finished until you mess it up again. Um, it could be finished, but there's some other things that you got to do to qualify. He just said, it's finished. Somebody said, Pastor, when people hurt you, how do you deal with that? And I said, that's a good question. I come back to Jesus on the cross. When those that had crucified him, do you remember he looked at them and what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them. They're a bunch of boneheads. They don't know what they're doing. Are you with me? That was my personal paraphrase there. That you'd be looking in the Bible and going, wait a minute, I didn't see that bonehead in there. But that's good news. If Jesus can forgive those 
who sent him to the cross, surely you can forgive somebody that's wronged you. Can't you? And if you can't, keep working on it. Because you're going to be able to. Oh, come on, you aren't hearing me. You are going to be able to. When you hear the word of the Lord, when you spend time in his presence, when you realize how much he loves you, you're going to be able to forgive and you're going to be able to love unconditionally so somebody can wrong you. You know, Kelly, I'll use you an example. Come on up here. Kelly's just, she just did some stuff, said a bunch of bad stuff about me, and I can still go, oh, I love you, sister. You're still amazing. Well, Pastor, don't you understand what she just said about you? It doesn't matter because it's covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I release forgiveness. Now, guess who walks free? She might still be in chains and bondage. Amen? Let's give the Lord some thank you for allowing it. Some people are like, I'm not sitting on the front row because he'll use me in an illustrated sermon. The Bible talks about sitting down. See, the priests, the Mosaic law, when you look at the tabernacle, when you look at the Holy of Holies, when you look at the holy place, there was no place to sit down. In other words, they basically had the altar of incense. The menorah was in there. The showbread was in there. We're talking about Old Testament looking in that. There was no place for the priest to sit down. Do you know why? Because their job was never done. Never finished. But Jesus did what? Jesus did what? Jesus did what? Isn't he our high priest? Some of y'all know just enough of the Bible to make, be dangerous. He's our high priest. He's a, in the Old Testament. Before the law, Melchizedek was a type and shadow of Jesus. He's our high priest. And he's no longer going in and out for sacrifice for sin. He went in one time. And he perfected forever. And he came and he sat down. That is a position. The Hebrew understanding when you sit down is it's a position of rest. Say, I'm resting. Because his work was finished. Not only did he sit down at the right hand of the Father, but guess who's seated with him? Put up, Kate, if you will, put up Ephesians chapter 2. 2, two Ephesians 2, 4 and 6. But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his what? <laughs> that which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses and all the stuff that we had dealing with. Made us alive together with Christ. And what? Raised us up. Oh, come on somebody. See, before Christ, I was here. I gave my life to Christ. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Before that, I was lost. Now I am found. Now I'm in this place right here. And the Bible tells us that it raised us up with Him. Jesus is seated in heavenly places ever interceding on our behalf. And I am seated with Him. Move over there, Jesus. Actually, I'm in him. So when you see the throne, you see Jesus. But guess who's in there? It's the truth. It's the truth. I'm in him. 
The Bible says, in Him I move and breathe and have my being. In Him, I'm the righteousness of God. In Him, I'm perfected forever. In Him, I can forgive. Come on, somebody. In Him, I can have grace and mercy in my life. In Him, I'm the righteousness of God. In Him, I'm the head and not the tail. In Him, I'm, the, I, I, I'm better than anything else that I could be without Him. It's in Him. Say, in Him. So it's in Him, and I'm, what? Seated with Him in heavenly places. So I want to talk a little bit about God's way of success. But there's a few things i got to lay down. So did I tell you John chapter 1? Okay, if you got your electronic devices, grab that. i got to get me some water. That's some living water. Okay, I want to talk about truth. Truth is truth whether I believe it's truth or not. Would you, would you agree that there's a lot of truths in the Word of God? A lot of truths. Jesus shed His blood. That's true. Died, rose again. That's true. When, I, when we teach our children, our grandchildren, we talk about biblical stories... We don't talk about them that they're like made-for-TV movies. We say, this really happened. See, and that's where the world's trying to challenge those things. Did Jesus really live and did he die? It's recorded in history, dude. And they're trying to erase history. But we've got to know that these things really happen. These are not made-for-TV movie stories. Come on, somebody. They're not fairy tale stories. They are absolutely documented biblical truth by historians that have actually written and said, these things actually happened. Come on. So when we talk about Jesus, that he died and rose again, and they went to the grave and he wasn't there, it really happened. Are you with me? So there are truths. How many of you would say that there is success God's way that there's many truths? Faith? Without faith is in what? Impossible to please God. So faith is a component. Wouldn't you say that's the truth? That's truth. Got to have some faith. How about hope? Yeah, hope. Got to have some faith. How about salvation? Oh, yeah, I got to understand my salvation a little bit more. Well, what about the cross? Is that a truth? There's a cross. Yeah, the blood was shed. Oh, man, those are truths. There are many truths in the Bible. And what I'm trying to get you a picture of is that those truths sit on top of those pillars. I believe that Jesus is the foundation, and there's truths that hold up other truths. Does that make sense? The truth is that those chairs that you're sitting in held you, and you had enough faith to come in and sit down without checking the chair. That would be a truth that's a foundational truth that the other truths sit on top. Are you with me? So let's look at truth. John 1, 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. The glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of what? Grace and full of grace and truth. And he's talking about Jesus Christ. He said the Word became flesh. It was, it was Jesus who was at the, in the crea- beginning of creation. Jesus was there. 
And he said, this is the truth. And so we're going to, well, let's just look at a couple of these real quick. John lists about 29 truths, talks about the word truth, more than any other epistle in the New Testament. In other words, the 13 letters that he wrote, John lists more about truth than any of the others, okay? So let's look at verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth were, or came by, where, where did grace and truth come by? Right. Was there not grace before there was? There was some grace in the Old Testament. But not to the magnitude that we operate in now. But he says, but grace and truth, say truth, came by Jesus Christ. Now just flip over a few pages with me in chapter 4. Um, verse 24. 424. My, my Bible puts them in red because that's the words of Jesus. And Jesus says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Hmm. When I started meditating, thinking about truth, do you remember, was it Pontius Pilate that said, um, what is truth? Remember? He was like, what is truth? I'm thinking, mm, that's a good question. Perception can become reality in the absence of knowledge. Perception can become reality in the absence of knowledge. If you perceive that Jesus was just a man or just a prophet, then you're, then you're absent of the knowledge that he died for your sins and that we are perfected forever. Hello? Are you with me? So my reality can be that doesn't make it right. It's, it's really wrong. So he said, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Look at John chapter 8. 30, 31. 8, 31, 32. I was reading that, and I was like, it doesn't even fit. I was in John 7. <laughs> oh, come on. You've done that before. I'll be like, that ain't what he's reading. Oops, wrong book. He said, John, and it was First John. Verse 31. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him. You know, when we read the Bible, there's a couple things that I've been talking about. Number one, who said it? To whom was it said? Under what circumstances was it said? What did it mean to them then? What's it mean to us now? Who said it? Jesus said it. Who, who was it said to? It's very clearly. He said, saying to the Jews who had what? Believed in him. So they were, in our terms nowadays, they were Messianic Jews. Right, Terry? Messianic Jews. They were Jews that were Orthodox Jews that believed in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, believed in him. Oh, come on, somebody. So now all of a sudden they come out of this system into God's system. Oh, whoo. All right, anyway, I got excited. But. And here's what he says. He said, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the, and the truth will make you free. You'll know the truth. What is truth? 
What's truth? Jesus is truth. We're going we're gonna to begin to see the person of Jesus Christ becoming that truth. Can I get an amen? Okay. So he says the truth will make you free. So keep going because John 14 tells us a little bit more. John 14, verse 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the no man comes to the Father, but I am the way, I am the I am the maybe I'll be able to break down the way and look at that. Do you remember I'm gonna rabbit trail just for a second. In Acts, you can go into Acts, and there's like six or seven different scriptures where it talks about the way, the way, the way. They were persecuting those of the way. They were persecuting those of the way. Believe it or not, I am, I am of the way. Because I'm of Jesus. So that terminology was understood, if you go back into Acts, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that they would be persecuted for being followers of the way, the way, the way of Christ. Come on, somebody. Not the way of the Pharisees, not the way of the Sadducees, but the way of Jesus Christ. So he says, I am the way and the what? Truth. Everybody say truth. So truth becomes a person in Jesus Christ. It's the dimension. What's truth? Christ. I wonder sometimes if he was standing in front of Pilate or I can't remember, was it Pilate or was it Agrippa or who was it that he said, what, what, what is truth? Jesus was probably going, you're looking at it. Because I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, but... So Jesus is truth, say truth. So we've got a lot of different truths. But Jesus, and I'm laying down this foundation for the weeks to come. Jesus is the foundation. He is the truth. And then there are other truths on top of that foundation. Are you with me? Anybody got a roof to their house? Walls? Foundation. Footing. Yeah, okay? So when you look at it as a builder, there's a footing. When they go to put, there are codes for this. And I don't apologize for not finding out from code enforcement what it is here. But there are some that have to have 18 inches or 16 inches. Do you know by any chance, Pastor, at all, that what it is on some of the buildings, codes? Okay. So it says it varies on size and wayfarer. Say we're building the tallest building, then the foundation is going to have to go deeper. The footing that's going to have to be poured is, is going to be poured deeper. So they pour this foundation, this footing around where they place the walls at. Come on, somebody. That, we, that are called load-bearing walls. So Jesus is that foundation here, and these would be load-bearing walls on Jesus. Everybody got that? Okay. So there's truths. So there's two truths that I believe hold up all the other truths. Do you want to know what they are? Okay, I won't tell you. So there's truths that hold up the other truths. And those are the two pillars of truth. So if we're going to have success God's way, then we're going to have to understand all those things 
are supported by Jesus Christ, but I believe they're supported by two other pillars. I'm not talking about the, the seven pillars that are talked about in Psalms, I think, that talks about the seven pillars. Those, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what they're supported on. That if you don't have these two pillars, see those two pillars? Those are the two pillars of, of truth. Not just a truth, the truth with Jesus. Are you with me? Do you want to know what they are? Okay, well, I'll let you know next week. But it supports all the other truths on faith, hope, love, revelation, wisdom. All these other things are supported by them. Do you want to know what those two are? I'll, I'll let you know when there's more of you that want to know who they are. So maybe we know what they are. I don't know if you can handle those two truths. Because here's what I understand. Anybody want God's success? Then they are supported by these two truths. Anybody know, want to know what those two truths are? <laughs> There's truths of faith, hope, and love that are supported by these truths. And if we don't have these truths, then we may have a skewed view of truth. Does anybody know, want to know what these two truths are? It's time to go. Y'all need to get to Mazio's and the, the... If I reveal these two truths, then next week we got the women's banquet. It's going to be two weeks of now. We'll unpack them. Anybody want God's success? I want to do it God's way because what we've been doing is we've been mixing the world's way and God has a way. He has a way of success that comes straight out of the Bible. Come on, somebody. That we have to understand and realize and operating in these two truths. If we take one truth away, it won't support all the other truths. Y'all get that? Do you want to know what those truths are? Now, maybe next week I'll let you know. Okay, I need you, honey, to help me. She, she is amazing. Let's give her, the, the Lord, some praise for her. She is amazing. Come right back here behind. This is God's success right here. Okay, just kind of hold that up right there. Now, if I move these truths out of the way, all these other truths up here, y'all picturing this? What's going to happen? They're going to fall down. They're not going to be supported. Does anybody want to know what these two truths are? <laughs> I got a two or three people back here. I think y'all want to know. We're going to pray. We're going to pray and we're going to dismiss. And then those of you that want to stay here and know what these two truths are, you can stay. <laughs> They're like, he is teasing us. Stop teasing us. Stop messing with us. Okay, are y'all ready? I need a drum roll. Vern, how about come on up and do us a drum roll? Can you do that? Let's give the Lord some praise for Vernon because he is awesome on them drums. Okay, so there is...
these were two truths that I just thought I would group with these other truths. And they're still truths. But I realized that they support some other things. Hey, can you hear that? Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Okay. Thank you, my love. And you're like, geez, I thought they were so mill. If we don't understand grace and we don't understand righteousness, we will never walk into the fullness that God has for us for faith and wisdom. Come on. Those other truths that are supported by God's grace. His grace, and some of us have been listening and understanding what is grace, getting a greater revelation of what his grace is. I'm going to share with you the difference between grace and mercy. There is a difference between God's grace and God's mercy. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. You know, in, in that song, you know, it's, it's, a good, it's a good morning. He talks about that. He says, one of the things, you know, you like this, but I like this. And, you know, you like to run two miles or whatever it is, a half a 3K or whatever. And I, 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 I give you the gospel of John. There are mercies new every morning. But there's a difference between grace and mercy. So we're going to understand grace and mercy. Anybody want to know what the difference between grace and mercy is? Anybody want to know the difference between grace and mercy? I'm not giving that to you tonight. You guys are just, you guys are just like, you just wanting it all right now. You know, you guys are just wanting it all, which is, which, which is, which is okay. But I want us to begin to build on these here because in the future, and we've been preaching on the futures now in the future, when we receive those things of God, if we've got it built and put together right on his grace and his righteousness, that's justification. His righteousness. I'm justified. Oh, I could go on and on. But we're going to begin to start begin to start getting into those things. These are two important pillars that everything has to be built upon. Amen? Can we give the Lord some praise? Can I pray for you? God's way of success. We want you to have success. God wants you to rule and reign. He wants you to have success, but he wants you to have permanent success, meaning getting success God's way. And some people can look and say, well, you know what? I've looked at it other ways, and I've gotten some success. You will never have the fullness of success that God wants you to have without this. Will you guys stand to your feet this morning? Turn to your neighbor and say, God's got a success system. Tell them it's a system of success. Tell them, say, we need to do it God's way. I'm going to pray for you. Come on, tell them, I'm going to pray for you. Just put your hand over upon them. I'm just going to ask you just to bless them. I'm just asking you just to release the goodness of God upon their life today.
I'm going to ask that you will just release wisdom and revelation, faith, these other truths. The truth today is that God loves you, and He loves you no matter where you're at, what you're involved in. The truth today is that you can come to Jesus Christ. The truth today that, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, that no man comes to the Father. There's no other way to get to Daddy God but by and through Him. So we just bless you right now in the name of Jesus. I, 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 Father, I ask you to release your grace upon their lives. I ask that in the upcoming weeks ahead, as we are unpacking this, as we are gaining information, as we're gaining understanding, that you will release your goodness upon their lives. Give them encounters of your loves, of your grace, and of your righteousness. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. You want to have an awesome afternoon. If you need prayer today, we're here to pray for you. God bless you. We love you. Go forth in his power and his might, you men and women and children of the Most High God. Go get her done today. God bless you.